I'm very often when I'm speaking to my clients, but also to citizen developers, there are five lenses I like to um, apply when thinking about metrics. And those five are kind of my based on my experience of design thinking, lean and agile, right. which is a lot of the work that I do. Welcome to the Amazing Apps Show for Microsoft business applications creators who want to make amazing, agile, Dynamics 365 and Power Platform applications that everyone will love. Welcome to episode 117 of the Amazing Applications Podcast. Hi, I'm Neil Benson. I hope you enjoyed the previous episode 116 with Danny Cahill and Andrew Bibby discussing the major challenges that Andrew faced on a three-year Dynamics 365 business transformation project. I love hearing the actual stories from customers and from partners overcoming the issues they faced and the successes they've had with their business applications projects. Let me know if you'd like to join me. Visit amazingapps.show slash guest for more information and to schedule a chat. Or if you just want to leave me a message or a review or send me a question that you'd like to hear addressed in a future episode, click on the send me a voicemail button anywhere on the amazingapps.show website to do just that. My guest on this episode is Chike Adiputa. Chike is a senior manager specializing in digital strategy and transformation at Capgemini Invent in London. Chike is presenting at Scottish Summit on Friday the 10th of June. He's got an intriguing topic that we haven't addressed before here on the show. It's about metrics and ensuring that we're building the right apps that are going to make an impact and how to measure that impact as well. I hope you find it as fascinating as I did. If you did, make sure you register for Scottish Summit. It's on the 9th and 10th of June in Glasgow in Scotland. They've got hundreds of sessions over several tracks in two days with social events and celebrations and charity fundraising all thrown in. It'll be a hoot, but there'll be no hoot for you unless you register and claim your free ticket. Visit scottishsummit.com. Here's Chike Ediputa. Welcome to the Amazing Applications Podcast. It's fantastic to have you on the show. I'm really excited about your topic, and we'll dive into what that is in a second, but welcome to the show. I wonder if you could spend a moment and just introduce yourself to our audience. Thanks very much, Neil. So I'm Chike Adipata, um, currently a senior manager at Capgemini Events. My background is in kind of digital transformation and so helping large clients to transform their businesses by building kind of products and services, often of a digital and data nature. Started off in life sciences, but, you know, most recently work across several sectors, including financial services and energy and utility and consumer goods clients. I did my degree in uh, biochemistry. I think yours was in biomedical sciences. So we've got a similar background there, but I think we've both broken out of those confines and uh, branched into other industries. I'm really fascinated. You work for a business division called Capgemini Invent. I know Capgemini really well. In fact, they just acquired a local business applications partner here in Australia called Empire and Intergen. What's Capgemini Invent all about? Absolutely. So in, Invent is the essentially consulting um, and innovation and transformation arm of Capgemini. So it's a critical aspect, helping clients to really rethink and reshape and transform their, their 
business operating models. So it's really exciting part of Capgemini and a very rapidly growing aspect of Capgemini. So bringing customer transformation with Frog. We've also got enterprise transformation as well. So helping clients with that. Also intelligent processes and industries as well. well is that a global business unit? Because I, I don't, Absolutely. I haven't seen them in Australia before. Yeah, it's a, it's a global business unit and I, I'm based out of the team here in London. But yeah, we, we span well, a lot of the globe, actually. How's London at the moment? Is it nearly springtime in London yet? Yes, it's, it's uh, London's version of springtime, I'd say. So that, that, that means cold weather, but sunny, <laughs> which I can't complain too much. <laughs> you're, you're headed up to Scotland in June for Scottish Summit. It's going to be a few degrees colder up there. So why don't you introduce your topic for Scottish Summit? I'd love to find out more about it. It's, I'll not give it away. Why don't you tell us what your topic is? I'm speaking really around helping citizen developers build what really matters. So looking at the topic of metrics, uh, which is absolutely key, both in helping citizen developers navigate and understand what's valuable and what's the right thing to build, but also communicate actually the, the impact that the applications or their flows are having. So yeah, really um, excited to actually share some of my experiences, but also practical metrics that citizen developers can actually get um, started with when they are building their next applications. My experience is typically with enterprise applications that have long gestation periods, big business case and evaluation periods. And I haven't come across a lot of citizen developers yet, even the large organizations that I worked with. You, it sounds like you've come across quite a few and maybe they're they're not building applications that are focusing on the biggest problems in their team or in their department. Do you think that's that's a fair comment? I think so far, citizen developers has not been a, a formally recognized group body of people within an organization. But increasingly, um, over the pandemic, what we've realized is with tools like Power Platform, for example, a lot of people have had to quickly and rapidly actually create a prototype new applications to support quite immediate critical business needs. For example, yeah. you've probably seen some room booking apps spring up quite quickly. One, one of my favorites is um, an acronyms app where um, <laughs> just trying to understand what the lingo is across an organization when all you have to do is use a lot of the intranet a lot more than you would have to when you're just in the office and, and speaking with people. So the, the rise, I would say, of this group of people, often non-technical in nature, right. so either having kind of limited to low experience with coding, using these tools more and more. And now I think many of my clients in particular are looking for how they can kind of formalize and tap into this uh, energy. I have a little bit of, you'll have to forgive me, Chike, but I have a little bit of skepticism that citizen developers are the right people to build these applications. They understand the business problems better than anybody else, but are they really the right people to solve those problems? Traditionally, we would have hired somebody from IT and built an application in the traditional way. We're arming these people. We're giving these people the tools that enable them to solve their own problems. But is that the best use of their time and experience? Are they better off serving our customers, answering the phones, enacting the business processes? Or are they really the right people to build the applications? Do you have a personal point of view on that? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think, as you mentioned initially, it's what's critical is the application being built and, and the value because what we're tending to find a lot is the backlogs of IT teams is, is rising exponentially. And the, with the challenge around actually trying to find good skilled developers out there, it's a real challenge for a lot of businesses that are increasingly dependent on digital technologies. The drive really is to set the, the right guardrail for lots of these citizen developers because on the other end of the spectrum, you don't want anyone and anyone to have access to and, and create a lot of issues and risks, right? Around access to data, creating a lot of defunct or unused applications. So it's, it's quite critical actually for you know, organizations to think, are we setting the right guardrails? This group of people who are, yes, closer to the challenges, my the core face, are they building really what matters? So in terms of metrics, if, if I was on a traditional team evaluating a business challenge, I would be thinking about return on investment. What's, what's the cost of the problem per year? What's the cost of the solution per year? When's my break even? What's my return on investment period? Um, what's my discounted cash flow over the next couple of years? All very financial metrics. Our end users don't think like that. They think about what's the immediate problem in front of me, in front of my team. What kind of metrics do you think end users should be thinking of whenever they think about what problems to solve? Should we be putting these decisions into the hands of team leaders and individual users? And, and what, how should they be thinking about what problem to solve? So you're absolutely spot on in terms of kind of when we talk about metrics, very often the default metrics tend to be either business impact metrics. In fact, if you go on the Microsoft website or the Power Platform website, it's the very first metric that you're going to see there is around the return on investments research that was carried on and, and the NPV. So it, it, it's one that definitely we will cover um, a bit in the, in the session. But I, I like to think of metrics as, first of all, just to understand what a good metric is, and it has to drive a change in behavior. So if, if I have a flow, for example, that increases conversion rate by 2%, so what? That, am I improving on something or am I reducing the, the risk of failure in that metric is a, is a lot more valuable. So I'll kind of touch upon what good uh, metric look like. And very often when I'm speaking to my clients, but also to citizen developers, there are five lenses I like to um, apply when thinking about metrics. And those five are kind of my based on my experience of design thinking, lean and agile, right. which is a lot of the work that I do. You kind of covers things around, are we exploring the right thing, first of all? Are we building the right thing? Are we building it's right? Are we building it fast enough? And then are we scaling it in the right way? So oh. it's kind of five simple metrics that yeah, you get to think through on, on, on the journey when you're creating your application. Between those five thought patterns, where do you think people fall down the most? Do you see a particular trap that they fall into more than the others? Yeah, so at the very um, beginning, it's first one is exploring the right thing. And so very often the enthusiasm and the excitement, it's a lot of people jump right in to try and find out what's been created before and also learn about unknowns. But where a lot of the, the, the big drop-offs happen is the second step, which is around 
actually building the right thing. So this yeah. is the, the key challenge is really articulating value. So if I'm building an application that is meant to, I'll give a very simple example of in, in my team as part of a, a fun challenge, we said, can we build a flow that automates uh, reminding birthdays, right? And so you dive right into discovery. You watch the YouTube videos, um, you check out the templates, and you find, <laughs> oh, that's it's possible. But then when you come to the value question of, is this valuable? Does does it become a bit impersonal if we do this? That a lot <laughs> of lots of citizen developers kind of fall down at this um, point in terms of articulating actually what's the value. And, and I'll talk through Scottish Summit about cost of delay, and and that's a very key metric that I would always advocate some citizen developers to have a view or point of view on because it really helps shape and answer that value question. Yeah, I often think about cost of delay when I'm working on these enterprise Dynamics 365 and Power Platform projects. They're enterprise scale, they're mission critical, and we quite often think of releasing once or twice a year. Well, there's a huge cost of delay. If there's a very valuable feature that isn't going to get released for six or nine or 12 months, that's there's just an inherent cost you're carrying by not improving the business process by releasing that feature on its own a little earlier. And yeah, it's a complicated set of criteria you have to weigh up when you think about release plans for complex apps, but also even when their apps are quite simple and smaller scale, you know, what's the cost of delay? How quickly can I fix the problem? Absolutely. And, and as I mentioned, metrics, the key value of metrics is behavior change. So having that conversation, even at uh, the personal productivity and business application level is super critical because the trend right now is where that I'm seeing in many clients is these kind of enthusiastic citizen developers are now working even closer with pro developers and IT teams. And so them coming into those conversations and being experienced in having this type of conversations around cost of delay and articulating value does help. Another one of your thought patterns was around, are we building it fast enough? Can you help me unpack that one a little bit? Because if I want to build it faster, I just hire a Microsoft partner to come and build it for us and it'll get done tomorrow. So uh, what's your thinking around building it fast enough? Certainly. So it's an interesting one and, and one that many teams often get hung up on. So if, you, if you're speaking to, say, a product owner in a team or um, a citizen developer in a small team, very often they are doing this on top of other commitments, on yes. top of other priorities as well. And very often, depending on the, the, the criticality and, and the value, as we discussed earlier, it tends to fall to the back <laughs> of the backlog. So building it fast enough and the emphasis on enough there is you want to have that momentum that you're able to kind of release value at a specific cadence. And the most important metric there is around cadence. So as a team, what is our ability to kind of ship and, and, and deliver value to our customers? It's a certain frequency. And so many citizen developers and actually many teams um, do not have a view, right? Or do not track that metric at the moment. But rather, it's, it's more, we have a deadline um, that is approaching even faster, right? We need to either, you know, get external resources or bring on board more resources to speed up rather than getting that cadence baked in right from the start. Yeah, that's fascinating. I was working with a group of Microsoft partners this morning. We were talking about 
the availability of stakeholders and subject matter experts and the product owner to participate in our project. And where we get a lot of pushback and people saying, no, I just don't have time for all of these application development meetings and the events and the sprint reviews. I haven't got time. I'm busy. That's a clear sign that we're not solving a valuable enough problem because I think if we were, they'd clear their calendar and people would participate. And so when I get that kind of level of buy-in and people being able to make every meeting, that's a clear sign that we're solving the right thing and it's high priority for the organization. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a great way to measure the value of what we're doing is how willing people are to make time for it. Absolutely. And hence why that second step is a lot so critical um, to the success of the of the other metrics. At a, at a client case, the client used the, the cost of delay figure or almost as a, I'll say, carrot and a stick to, right. get things, to get things moving. And he virtually printed it where every team member knew the cost of not delivering every week. And so, you know, that again um, helped to have those conversations around actually what's important and what should we we'd be prioritizing. Yeah, that focuses the mind, hey. <laughs> and in terms of the development team, whether it's a, a group of subject matter experts, citizen developers who are building their own application, how can they measure their own productivity in terms of the development velocity? Should they be using the same type of metrics that agile development teams use, the professional developers who do measure velocity and burn down and cycle time and throughput? Do those similar development metrics also apply to citizen developers and makers? Absolutely. So I, I, I wouldn't advocate in reinventing the wheel. And also I wouldn't advocate for over-measuring as well. It's a, it's a fine balance. And again, during the summit, is there, there are many metrics across those five frames, but particularly in this fortune around building it fast enough, even if as a citizen developer, you can start to articulate and communicate if it's burn down rates, that is, is your, is your key uh, metric and well understood, not just by your team, but also other key stakeholders, for example, yeah. the IT, then that's something that is actually going to be quite critical for you. And, and secondly, the appreciation of the different metrics out there and the impact of those is quite important as well. So yes, if, if I would ad- advise and advocate for one metric for every citizen developer to track in terms of how quickly their releasing value will be burned down rate. It's fascinating you touch on that idea of having to explain my metric. If I talk about story points per sprint to my chief executive, I just get a blank look. If I have to then explain what a story point is and explain what a sprint is, you've lost them already. So you have to really provide metrics that are not just meaningful for you and your team, but that resonate and are clear for the other stakeholders that we're working with who haven't got time to learn about the methodology of the approach that we're using. They just want to understand the value that we're creating. Absolutely. In terms of the audience that you're hoping will come along at the Scottish Summit, other than the citizen developers, who else can benefit from what you're going to teach us at Scottish Summit? Certainly. I, I think it's first and foremost, of course, the citizen developers, but the business leaders and actually business managers and teams would value a lot because these are metrics that's not just applicable to a development team, but also my key to making prioritization decisions at the business um, 
meeting, but also IT teams as well. One of the observations I have is there are tons and tons of technical metrics um, and performance metrics out there, which are baked into the Power Platform, but also the Center of Excellence Kit. But there, there is a role for kind of the administrators of this platform, you know, it's often in IT teams to support citizen developers in helping to actually gather the data for these metrics. This session is um, also for them as well to understand how can they, you know, help and also be a, a supported partner to the citizen developers. Oh, you just touched on a, on a really raw nerve there about collecting the metrics. Many years ago, I maintained a scorecard for my business in Wiki page. And we had a balanced scorecard and, and different quadrants and, and different types of metrics. But everything was cr collected weekly and calculated manually. And it became such a pain that I was put off doing it. And, and so the metrics never got collected and the scorecard became pretty worthless. What, what advice do you have around how to collect metrics in such a way that it's easy so that the metrics are then you know, appreciated rather than dreaded every Monday morning? It's a pain that is not just felt by you, but uh, by a lot of business analysts out there in right. the world, right? Who have, have either, in fact, a, a recent client engagement on the client is having to almost have 50 meetings with 50 service owners every month <laughs> to pull together the relevant information. 50, that's a lot of, a lot of time. This is where it's not about volume of metrics but rather about ease um, of these metrics to gather, but also to understand and uh, how important they are to actually drive change. And what, what we tend to have often is once you've articulated what are those top five metrics that you want to gather, then the approach to collecting them can be simplified a lot as well. I was listening to a podcast recently about setting your own goals for personal development. And for example, if you want to improve your fitness, some people have watches and, and fancy heart rate monitors and things that can collect all sorts of metrics. But when you're just getting started, maybe the number of times you work out a week is a nice, simple metric to help get you started. Later, if you do buy a watch or you track your running on your phone, then you can measure the number of miles or kilometers you run per week. And as you get more sophisticated, maybe you can measure your resting heart rate. The metrics can get more sophisticated as you get better at gathering the data and analyzing it. But you don't have to start there. You can start with something much simpler. Absolutely. And and there's a diminishing uh, return, right, on collecting right. too many metrics as well. So it's finding yeah. that sweet spot. Cool. It sounds like a great session. I'm really looking forward to it. Likewise. And yeah, uh, really excited to actually be in uh, Scotland. It's a, a place uh, and Glasgow is a city I love as well. So yeah, looking forward to meeting everyone there. Thanks very much, Neil. Thanks, GK. I really appreciate you joining me. Cheers. Thanks so much for listening to the Amazing Apps podcast. You can join the show's mailing list at amazingapps.show. You'll get a personalized welcome video from yours truly and a notification when there's a new episode available. There are also shortcuts so you can follow the show on all major podcast players. And you can follow Amazing Apps show on Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. You can send me a message or a voicemail if you'd like your question answered on a future episode and even support the show through Buy Me A Coffee or by buying an Amazing Apps t-shirt. Visit amazingapps.show. Thanks again for listening. I really appreciate you. Until next time, take care 
and keep sprinting. <laughs>